Welcome to Wings on Wings. This is Tatum. This is Michelle. This is DJ. Bless you, Gavin. Um, <laughs> so we have a special Kinda. guest who's He's here. Microphone. He's not participating. <laughs> he's gonna. Uh, he's uh, what? What do they call it when you're in school and you you, you take the class? But you he's don't take auditing. The class? Auditing. <laughs> That's what it is. Uh, what did we watch? We just watched uh, Sons and Lovers episode or season seven episode thirteen from January sixteenth of nineteen ninety three. Uh, it's Roy's birthday, everybody. It is, and our sauce today is Blair's original death sauce with mm-hmm. chipotle. Yes, feel alive. <laughs> <laughs> Who makes it? Do we know? Is that Blair's. Blair's. Oh, Blair's. You said that. Okay. Um. It was established in 1989. Do you need uh, any more information? No, I'm good for now. Thank you. <laughs> so, so we, in this episode, we we see the return of Abraham Ben Ruby. That's true. Which uh, who plays RJ Roy's son? Okay, so I had never seen him before. So I thought that this was the first appearance, but so I was very much like Casey. I was shocked that Roy has a child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, there was an episode. Someone procreated with that man. Years and years ago, he was on an episode. This is a little spicy. It's a little spicier than I expected. Um, year, seasons ago, he was there. In the there. show, they say six years. That would mean season one, and I don't think that's true. I feel like it might have been season two, though. Yeah, it's pretty early on. Yes. And there is the, you know, um, RJ being on the show in the past. In the the first episode he was on was about him coming out to his father. Yes. Okay. And so it was a, not an episode that was uh, very, I don't know. It was a little problematic. It was a little problematic, but for the time period, I was trying to think of like people in my life who may have had the same feelings or reacted the same ways because I think we were talking about this. We were both raised being around gay people all of the time. I grew up in a hair salon in the eighties that employed like four gay men who were always in my life. And I, much like my son who's sitting next to me, um, was kind of raised to never have any feelings about it whatsoever so it was really interesting to see the reactions and try to remember like if there was anybody in my life who did have reactions at all i was raised by bigots um right so (laughs) (laughs) um sadly um i'm not like plan hood wearing outward bigots but I, i do have a gay uncle Who's your who's my who's father's, your father's twin, fraternal right? twin? And so, growing up, uh, he was referred to as "That's your slur, uncle." Mm. That's your you know whatever, mm. uh, just whatever slur you want to throw on there before it. And he ends up being the most successful. This is hot. It's pretty hot. Yeah, uh, person. He sort of. Because of the ridicule he got from his own family, when he's of age, he moves, becomes super successful, has traveled the world, you know. Mm-hmm. I also had, uh, he brought, he had a, a man he was dating, I remember when I was a kid, uh, who who was introduced to me as my, my Uncle Jeff, uh, who was my Uncle David's boyfriend, who ended up passing away from AIDS. Mm. 
mm. um, when I was younger. So it's it's been in my life, and like like most of the things in my life, I've somehow managed to navigate and reject most of my parents' teachings, uh, whether they intentional or not. Uh, it has been a part of my life, and when my dad died, it was sort of me and my uncle David sort of bonding again for the first time in a long time at his funeral, with my dad's funeral, because like we were both so bullied by mm-hmm. him, and we hadn't seen each other in so long that like neither of us were willing to be around the family, <laughs> so we right. just kept sneaking away outside together. But like my uncle David. And I never learned how, but, like, I, he bought me a skateboard when I was a kid. Like, he was, like, the cool uncle who would buy me cool stuff. Um, never learned a skateboard, though. But I still oh, remember no. it. It was yellow and black. Nice. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so it, it, it is an interesting uh, point of view. And this being 1996, 96, yeah. I'm 12. Um, I think that this is uh, – not a great episode tackling that topic, but it is for 1996. I think they their intentions were definitely to be beyond. I think they were aiming for even beyond what the current state of the world was. Well, yeah. for television. I mean, and I feel like like I think Wings pushed boundaries with this episode in 1996. I agree, but it's wildly behind in 2023. Oh yeah, of course. Like everything. What year did Ellen come out on her show? That's an um, interesting question. Didn't we figure that out the we other did. week when the man kissed Antonio? Yeah, and I feel like it was like 1993. The nose. 1994. <laughs> no, that's the first episode. 1997. April oh, okay. 97. Okay. Right. So we were right. just starting to have these conversations right. on sitcoms, on right. television. Right. This is primetime television. Exactly. Well, Hot. Yep, that just hit the back of my throat. <laughs> um, it is very hot. But uh, it's not very hot, but it is. It's got a, a sting to it for sure. Um, we forgot milk, so yeah, we yeah. have no milk. Fail um, flaw this week. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, for a primetime show that was incredibly popular, it's you know six or seven seasons. Like you know, this is six seasons, and it's a seven season, eight season show, whatever it is. Like, this is, you know, like, family sat down to watch this show. Right. You know, this yeah. was, that was what TV was then. Like, that's what everybody did together. Like, it's, you know, they they, well, they missed the mark in some instances. But they, but they were reaching. They were reaching. Something. And they put it out there. They did. Right. Okay. It, it felt a little like they were trying to make up for the first episode where... RJ came out to Roy. Right. That episode, if I recall, ends with like RJ leaving because Roy yeah, refuses and it to was, accept him. That one, And like, that's four years no, prior. So right. that was what, right. 92? Yeah. Right. And like right. nobody really handled it well then. So in this one, like Helen is sort of a little bit more supportive. <clears throat> and um, at least she's like, you know, trying to get RJ and Roy to talk. And she's she doesn't seem like I she has say, Helen was one of my favorites in this episode. Yeah. Um, Okay, so let's get let's get into the actual yes. episode. Um, so it starts out with 
Roy's birthday. Brian walking in saying, right. oh, God, has everybody gotten their mail? Because right. he got the invitation to Roy's birthday party. 12th birthday. His 12th birthday. And then that's when we find out that Roy was born on Leap Day. Right. Yes. And now he's having a choo-choo burger party. So every four years, he celebrates. He has a birthday party and has them according to the age that he would be. Since he only has a birthday every four years. Yes. Right. So really, he's 48. So he's 48. Um, um, which he must have had his child, like, relatively young. Yeah. So, I, I Season think Season 2, episode re- 10, December 14th of 1990. Wow. Is the first <clears throat> appearance of R.J. Biggins. Okay. Okay. On the, there's always room for cello. Hmm. Oh, it's a cello. It's, he's a football cello player who asks to learn cello from Helen, and that's sort of when Roy's oh, like, that's right. why would my son not want to play football? Why oh, would he want to play an instrument? You know, if I remember correctly, then I think Helen actually handled it really well in that, too. Like, yeah. she, you know, he came out to her, and he, she was like, oh, I don't, I don't think that's a big deal. So I think she's always been sort of. Yeah. Dare I say progressive in that arena. Let's not let's not push it and call <laughs> Helen progressive, okay? Uh, she perpetuates a lot of really bad stereotypes. Um, she sure does. So, but in but, this instance, well, and I think most of the Wings writers have never met a real life woman before, so for sure, yeah. So there's a thing here that so initially in that episode, RJ you are tells. So sweaty. I know it's very hot. Um, Roy. RJ tells Roy that he wants to take chapel lessons because he has the hots for Helen. That's how he covers oh, it. Oh, cello lessons. Chill, Did what you I say, say? Chapel, chapel lessons. Chapel lessons. <laughs> same difference. Uh, and then that's he name. comes out to Helen and Helen says, there's a quote here that I'm reading. He says, look, I know we told you that it would be bad for you to tell your father, but do you know it would be worse? Him finding out from someone else. And the, that distinct possibility, uh, because you've been a busy little fellow, haven't you? I don't know what that part means. Um, but yeah, so that's sort of Helen's one who, who, who encourages him to like have the conversation. Okay. And it goes poorly, but here in this episode, Helen runs into him in Boston. Here's an interesting fact too, and I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh, this episode was intended to be the last episode of the first season, which would have been the year before. Wow. And they bumped it to the second season. So, um, so, yeah, they're all talking about their uh, invitations to Roy's party, yes. and uh, they're telling Casey about it, and Helen comes in and says, you'll never guess who I ran into in Boston. It's RJ, and um, Casey, you know, is like, oh, Roy has a son, and she has no idea, and they say, like, they haven't spoken in years because he's gay, and Roy didn't handle it well. Which just led to just the the most lovely sequence of awkwardness. Yes. That just continued throughout the entire episode. Because now Casey, upon being introduced to him, is like, oh, hi, it's so nice to meet you. I've heard so much about you, Argay. Yes. Right. And it's many things like that. And she's like... I don't know why I can't stop doing this. I love you people. Right. I'm from San Francisco. It's right. filled with you people. Right. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Who is 
painfully awkward. Mm -hmm. Which was true for some of the younger people uh, in the room. uh, (laughs) Uh, San Francisco, like most openly gay people that you heard about in the United States were in San Francisco. It was a big uh, area of a lot of people being a little bit more. At least Casey is played like the fool here, though. Well, she yes. was, you know, yeah, like, a bumbling oh, yeah. idiot the right. whole episode, so which like, is kind of out of character for her, but kind right. of totally her character. So here's the thing. They hit every reaction that could possibly be had in the mid-90s Sure. in this situation. Yeah. Because everybody kind of reacted a little bit differently. Right. So then RJ, yeah, RJ comes... Um, have we gotten to the B plot yet? No. Okay. So there is a there's a really great um, Faye joke where they talk about Roy's 11th birthday party at the Reptile Land or whatever it was, mm-hmm. and she said they said like oh we couldn't get the smell of the or at the the petting zoo, and she was like I can't couldn't get the smell of the whatever the llama. The llama out. Or out, and she said she couldn't get like whatever the zookeeper's name she was. She couldn't get rid of the llama handler, yeah. like the zookeeper. And it took two, uh, to, like two paperwork, two pieces of paperwork, and a state trooper or whatever to get him away from her. Yes, really funny joke. Like, that was not really funny, funny circumstance, but you know, she face a funny lady. Um, but uh, um, <laughs> so uh. But yeah, sorry, I didn't know where we were after that with the going back. To oh, so the B, plot. the B plot. Oh, the cab driving. Yes. Ugh. So Antonio. Antonio's a terrible cab driver. Yeah. I think we knew that, right? So he comes up to Brian and he's like, do you remember that time that I watered your plants when you went away? And he was right. like, yeah, I already thanked you for that. And he's mm-hmm. like, no, you didn't. You remember when you got nicked on the airplane propeller and I gave you plasma? Right. And... um. Just going through everything, obviously he needs to ask him a question or a favor. He, His driver's license expired. He can't get to the DMV or whatever to renew it until Monday. So he needs Brian to drive his cab for the weekend. And he's going to be in it. Um, and Brian is like, absolutely not. And he's like, you know, we've been friends for a really long time. And I think I'm okay with ending it now. Right. <laughs> There were lots of little, little funny moments like that. Um, But then he was like, oh, I know you probably have a busy weekend and you'd have to miss Roy's party. And he was like, I'm in 100%. I'm doing this. Um, Yeah. And then we see him driving the cab. Antonio tries to train him and like says like he can't talk to people. He can't give answers. So everything has to be generic. And that's very weird because cabs are normally overly chatty. Yeah. And small talk is, is almost the business they're in, in a way. Right. Um, but I mean, I don't also don't really, I'm, I'm bad at small talk and don't love small talk, like in those situations. Um, I have had like, not just small talk, but like, like deep, meaningful conversations with cab drivers and like Uber, and Uber drivers. drivers. So have I. You know, like where they tell me like about their like problems in their marriages or like what their kids are doing mm. and I mean, I think I've I'm only, just a person who people talk I, to. I guess that's that what's happening. I've yeah. only ever been in like a handful of Ubers and a couple of cabs in my life. I think so. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
When I used to like be in them all the time for work, yep. like almost all the time it would be like, mm. I don't know, people would just unload all their life's trauma on me. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's, so that's it. Like that's that whole, most of the B plot till we get to the end of the episode. Right. With so, Brian. Yeah. So Roy sees his son. Mm. And he is because he's on the flight with Helen. And yes. Helen, yeah. And like I, I thought, it sounded like Helen invited him, but no, Helen just yeah. ran into him in Boston, and then invited right, and then him she was the like, "Come okay. on, jump on the plane, let's go." Okay, because when he sees Roy, he's like, "It's your birthday." I thought I'd come in for your birthday, and I'm yeah. like, "Wait, did he plan to come in this whole time?" But no, because he was no. in Boston because he had a job interview because he passed the bar exactly. Because and the last time we saw him, he was a high school student. So that's funny how much the character has sort of grown. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So he's, he has an interview to, to, for, to be a lawyer in Boston. So he runs into Helen and comes over. And there's a very oh, nice God. moment. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's, this is, it's pretty hot. Um, um, there's, a, there's, there's a moment that you think is going to be great, especially if you remember how, how the last episode got left off where Roy and him aren't on good terms. Yeah. And they sort of have a standoff. And Roy's like, hi, how are you? And, you, and, and RJ's like, you look good. Like, thank you. Whatever. And then he's like, this was a mistake. I shouldn't have come. And he goes to leave and Roy hugs him. Yes. And you're like, oh, wait, is this going to be like a good Roy episode? Are we learning that Roy has like pondered the mistakes of his past and is ready to not be an idiot? Uh, and the answer to that is no. Uh, well, at, at least first, until the end of no. this episode. But at, at first, first. Yeah. At first it is because they go to the birthday party and Roy is like, oh, did I tell you my son passed a bar? He's interviewing to be a super, lawyer. Right. Like, super I'm proud so of everything proud about of him. him. He says I'm proud of you. Right. Like, he He's really supportive. And then RJ keeps trying to talk about his personal life yes. and how he met somebody, and that's where it goes. That's where it goes. He gets the balloon hat, and like, yeah, no, Roy just keeps distracting and distracting. So, are we going to the party now? Yes, we're at the party. Okay, at we're the party. here. So we're now at the we are party. at the choo choo party. Choo-choo. You guys, this first of all, did, did places like this actually exist? I can't imagine them existing yeah, in like Nantucket. Like we had like Top Dog and like Buzzy's Bazaar. B- okay. Did you ever go to Buzzy's Bazaar? No. But okay. we had Buzzy's Bazaar. Buzzy's Bazaar. I never was- had a party at Buzzy's Bazaar because my family didn't have the money for <sighs> Buzzy's Bazaar. Okay. My. You went to school with Buzzy's granddaughter. I went to school with Buzzy's granddaughter. So my class, and it was like when I was young enough where. Like, you still have to invite everybody in the whole class. So I got invited to all the birthday parties at Buzz's Bazaar. And it was, like, the coolest place ever. So it was kind of like they had games. It was kind of like this. But they had, like, games. Like an arcade. But then they also had, like, the weird, like, nets and, like, climbing kind of stuff. Oh, wow. And then they also had, like, a magic shop. And then they also had like other just like weird things that were like really I don't know and it like he would dress kind of like um I don't like almost like a like a circus like ringmaster like he would dress that so way that's, that's the the side of Buzzy's Bazaar in Wilkes-Barre okay like, the building was painted with everything that it did it might still yeah, be that yeah way. the building yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. On um, we'll put like a photo in the reel yes. with the sauce. Yeah. 
So it was like the coolest place ever because it just had like all these different like weird little things that you could do. And they had like. Well, you would also rent all of your stuff for fundraising. You rent the equipment and stuff and games from them too. Right. So they were almost like a big top rentals before that existed. Like where they would have like all that kind of stuff. And they had like. Yeah. Yeah. Like whack-a-mole and junk Mm -hmm. tanks and all that kind of like. Ski ball and so it was like a straight up carnival. Yes, like inside. Okay, mm-hmm. yes. My parents had a skating rink, so that was the birthday mm. parties. Skating That's rink. Yeah. We had skating rinks. Yeah, too, so yeah, that was. I never yeah. skated. I, didn't, I can't skate either. And we had Roller King, which also had the end zone, which was oh, like yeah. where the cool kids hung out. I played roller derby there before they tore it down and built a gym. <laughs> <laughs> didn't typo negative play the skate away? And they played the roller king. The roller yeah, king. the roller king. <laughs> roller king in Kingston, yeah. Okay, my 16-year-old son is making this face like, oh my... Yeah. yeah. There used to be yeah. really cool shows. Yeah, yeah they, they played have, the roller used king. used to have shows in the roller king and Typo played, yeah. So I was You know all- Peter Steele lived in Scranton, right? That's right. Yeah. 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 yeah, he died in Scranton. He died in yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. I forgot about that. Yep. I wasn't allowed to go to that Typo show, and I still tell my mom about it on a uh-huh. regular I, basis. I went. Where, oh, I'm so jealous. I Doug was, was also there. I was there. Yeah. Yeah. I chipped my tooth on my tongue ring when somebody kicked me in the back of the head when they were crowd surfing. Yeah. <laughs> I I mean, I got to see some other cool shows at Roller King, but my mom did not want me to go see Typo Negative because she did not like them. And and I was a troubled teen at that point, so. Uh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so. Okay, so we are at the birthday places party. Places like that yeah. did exist. <laughs> okay. And it is, it's almost a little Chuck E. Cheese-ish because they have like the characters. Yeah. But they're like train engineers and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a very weird place. Yeah. It was a very weird place. So as people are entering, the like the train crossing thing goes yeah. up and down. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah. And Roy is joyous. Yeah. Yeah. Giddy. <laughs> like he's Giddy. Right. Right. Well, and he also requests that everyone gets him birthday gifts like you would get a child. At that age. But no Batman stuff because he got that all for his 11th birthday. Yes. Yeah. Like, you yes. went to Legos and stuff. Right. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah. I still want Legos, so. That's true. Legos are cool. <laughs> so, then his son starts trying to talk to him about his personal life. Right. And he's like, yeah, my son is so, so wonderful. I'm so proud of him. And he's like, you know, my personal life is going really well, too. And he's yeah, <laughs> that was the best Roy Biggins impression we've ever had on the show. It was show. a really good Roy Biggins. It was fantastic. It was perfect. It's spot on. It was almost like Roy Biggins was actually here. You're welcome. Um, and he's like, you know, and I've I've met someone, and he is just not. He does not want to talk about it. He keeps changing right. the subject, and then someone shows up. Yes. Tim Bagley shows up. Tim Bagley shows up. Um, <laughs> no. A Tim Bagley uh, character actor uh, who is playing uh, Luke. Lucas. Luke. Oh, Luke. Luke. So. Um, could be short for Lucas. It yeah. could be. Uh, what else could it be? I don't think it'll be short for anything else, really, right? Uh, so, still acting today. Uh, he's on some show called Killing It. Um, but I was trying to see like what I remembered him for. I don't know. He was on 32 episodes of Grace and Frankie, which was the That's what, Jane yeah. show. Um, oh, he's the school official in The Woman in the House Across the Street from The Girl in the Window that we watched. That was funny. 
That was funny. <laughs> That's a spoof of all those movies with Kristen, uh, Kristen Bell. Um, man with the plan. He's just a one-off. A lot of Will and Grace, Larry and Will, Will yeah, and Grace. He was yeah, on he Will was and Grace. Grace. Uh, I think that's probably what everybody re- remembers him from. Raven's Home. That's the Raven Simone. Uh, looks like he was on the new Roseanne. Um, did you forget how to do your IMDb? No, but? I'm going through one episode of New Girl as Lorne. Mm. I loved New Girl. I love Michelle loves I would, New Girl as well. I would watch that show and do a podcast about it. Uh, an episode of Glee. Yeah. Um. Well, you have to figure out a food that goes with new girls. So. Remind me to tell you a new girl uh, thing after this that okay. will make you laugh. It's weird. Um, <laughs> two episodes of the League. People like the League. An episode. I of, like the League. Uh, I've never seen I've it. Never Doug seen and it. Brett really like it's it. It's really funny. Uh, two broke girls did an episode. Oh yeah. He's in Zombieland apparently. Oh, um, in Zombieland. He oh, nine episodes of Monk. So there's another like a lot another of wings. Another Tony Shalhoub. A lot of wings people crossover. show up on wings Monk. Alums. I wonder if I wonder if Tony Shalhoub had a hand in that. If it was just because it was character actors, but he did nine episodes. Uh, Harold Crenshaw. So there you go. Uh, Pushing Daisies. One episode of Pushing Daisies. Uh, Walk Hard, the Dewey I Cox loved story. Pushing Daisies. Four episodes of According to Jim. That's the Jim Belushi vehicle. The that was first on TV. writer's strike that we had in our lives killed. Mm. Pushing daisies. Oh yeah, I'm still sad. He's uh, vice principal Matthews in the Jonah Hill. All right, early picture accepted. All right, right. this is a lot. This is a lot. Not about Jonah Hill anymore. I never saw Um, that movie. That sounds terrible. The movie's very funny. Dressed like a hot dog. Anybody about their wiener? He's dressed as a hot dog, and he says that. It's a very funny line. Okay. (laughs) All right. Are we done with this? Nope. Uh, Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me, plays friendly dad. Uh, He's on an episode of ER as Archie Papillon. Uh, he did an episode of Ellen as the winemaker, uh, an episode of Third Rock from the Sun, The Nanny. He's hitting all of the TV shows here. Uh, Seinfeld as manager. Uh, two episodes of Diagnosic, Diagnosis Murder. I actually kind of remember him on Seinfeld okay. as the manager. Yeah. Uh, he's Irv in The Mask. He did an episode of Coach the, as Cousin Roy. He's on Daddy Dearest, which I don't... Is that Don Rickles and Richard Lewis? Is that a thing? All right. That's his first TV show. Hold We're on. Done. A single father's angry and cynical father moves in with him. Hilarity ensues. I bet it doesn't. Richard Lewis, Don Rickles. Uh, Hilarity ensues. Uh-huh. That's the real description. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah it is. <laughs> I, I say that all the time uh, because it's funny. But yeah, Frank Sinatra cast in that show, apparently. Garrett Morris, Angie Dickinson. Lots of people on this show. That's very weird to me. Adrian Barbeau. What a weird! I want to do a podcast on this show, Daddy Dearest. I went fourteen well, you episodes. You could do that with somebody else, while Tatum. So he's a very well received character right. actor, but yes. he's not very well received out. by Roy Biggins. No, no. <laughs> uh, and RJ, you know, is trying to say like he's so he's so talented and he right. like is yeah. really successful, and Roy is just not hearing any of it. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and then Joe, in classic Joe fashion, starts uh, competing with children. Oh, yes, that's right. Uh, I forgot Faye about win- that. Faye, this is my, maybe my favorite thing in this episode, is that Faye wins the thing out of a claw machine. A pink bear out of a the pink claw bear. machine. And she's like, I, she traveled with the carnival for a little bit, so she's very good at claw machines, and Joe's not going to be able to do it. He's like, I can do it. Uh, and it's a tough skill. I'm, and, I've been known to play the claw machine. And what machine. does she say? She says, 
Uh, when I was working at the carnival, when we saw people like you, we called you Marks. Right. Yep. And we knew that you were going to spend all your money here. Exactly. Yeah. That's what he does. Uh, he does. He ends up spending his whole money. Now, I, I'm a talented claw machine guy. You can ask my niece. It's true. Um, because I grew up in bars. But not <laughs> as talented as George Corpse Grinder from. That's true. He's Cannibal amazing at, at them. Um, but the, my favorite he, that's part. That's his thing is he goes and he plays claw machines. Yes. And he wins all kinds of stuffed animals and then he donates, donates them to children's hospitals. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Corpse Grinder from yeah. Corpse Grinder. Corpse great guy. Okay. Uh, he, his also favorite thing to do off days when he's in the cities is he goes to Target and shops at their clearance yeah. sections and Targets. He's really insane. Um, but See, uh, Gavin knew the claw machine. Yeah. yeah. Too. My favorite, my favorite bit <laughs> though in this episode is that it's revealed at the end. When, when Joe hasn't won anything, the conductor guy comes over and just grabs the bear out of the back of the machine, yeah, the which back. is 100% what Faye did. Yep. Because Faye Probably, knew the gimmick. she knew the thing. Yep. Right. Yeah, because she keeps saying, oh, you'll never uh-huh. win. Well, that's how she knew. Because they're rigged not and to win. And they used yeah. to be that way, because I remember yes. there was one in Hills that was that way. You used to be able to lift the thing, too, yeah. Yeah, oh. there was one in Hills where you could just reach around the back. When I, when I was living on my own, um, there was a... Uh, a claw machine in the laundromat that I used to go to to do my to wash my clothes and before all my clothes were stolen out of a washing machine once because um, I lived across <laughs> the street and I went home and I came back and all my clothes were gone. But um, I, used, I used to sit and play the claw machine, uh, but they didn't lock the coin drawer on it. Like yeah. there, there was a, there was a place to lock it, but they never did. So I would just put money into it and then just open the coin drawer and take all the money back out and just keep playing. <laughs> and I was just doing that and doing that. Um, and then, uh, you know, my clothes got stolen out of, out of a... Probably by the people who ran it. Yeah. Maybe. They eventually... <laughs> they were like, they we'll show it. They eventually did back. put a lock on the claw machine, and then somebody just kicked the glass in. Not me. Wink, wink. <laughs> so, so, Roy tells everybody, or tells RJ that he's ruined his birthday. Yeah, ruined his like birthday really party. stupidly upset about it. Yeah, and then tells... Helen, that she, you know, how dare she? Mm-hmm. Um, why does she need to insert herself into their business? And she said some really just like kind of lovely, poignant things. I thought so too, and that's the word I was thinking was that, poignant. Also. Yeah, it, that was <laughs> it, that was very hard for me. To and say. it's Helen Chapel. It was I. It was hard she for tried me. To sleep you with hate, you hate Helen so right? much. Exactly, yeah. I do. Like, yeah. yeah, she tried to sleep with a seventeen-year-old. That mm-hmm. is unforgivable. So it really is to have uh, this moment where I'm like, yes, you are being lovely. Feels right. icky. But, so I feel like because well, um, Roy, Roy says like he was I don't understand what I, where I went wrong. I yes. poured my whole life into this kid. I did everything I could do in the right way. I you know I I did it. I paid attention. I did this. I did this. I did all the things that I thought were right. And she's like, and that's why he's such a successful, wonderful person. Right. Yes. But I find that right now I'm having a hard time saying anything nice about Helen because I. Gavin is sitting here being 16, and I'm re-angry about the whole, like, hitting on a 17-year-old thing that she did now. Because right. it seems extra icky, because Gavin's right there. Right. And so I'm, I'm mad about it the, all there was, over again. There was again. an episode of this show where the blonde lady, like the main <sighs> blonde lady, almost tr- – she tries to sleep with a 17-year-old. And <laughs> yeah. Yes, and that yes. was the face that we made, too. <laughs> Um, but yeah, very I, weirdly inappropriate. I find that I'm 
angry about it again yes. now because you're here. So, but yeah. she, but she does, you know, she does say some nice things, and then like, but then she does say to Roy, like, um, he's like, I won't be proud of it, and then she says, like, well, you don't have to be proud of it; you just have to accept it. I and I feel with. like that was at the moment that you walked out of the room and you yelled from the other yes. room. You're like, it's not enough. That's right. not it's enough. You not have to be enough. proud of him. Right. I mean, because why does that change it? Right. Because um, if you meet somebody and you're in a loving, successful relationship, that's something to be proud of. You raised your kid to like that love themselves. That was another thing. Yes. He was like, you know, and I just always thought that I would be able to watch him get married and have children. And I'm like, fuck yes, you, you can. can. Not in not the time of this show, though. I, so I well, I thought I thought the, the direction they were going to go with Roy, which they didn't go, was I thought that Roy's sort of. Uh, I guess I'll say opinion on the whole thing came from a place of concern where he knew how hard RJ's life would be. It's not where they go, but it's, right. it's 1996. Like life was not easy. Well, but they couldn't go My there because still isn't he easy, had already disowned him. Right. Basically. He had already disowned him. Right. Um, um, but it, it, it is such a touchy subject and it's not that I, I don't agree with, I know, but yes. 2023 yes. Michelle is like, but, he could still get married right. and have kids, and that's beautiful, right. and you right. should be proud it of him. It is, and it's wonderful, and you should be proud of him, for sure. Um, you know, and we, we have friends recently that, that have had issues with parents not accepting and, you know, coming around and, and figuring it out and having changes of heart. Um, but I think building towards being proud – starts at, at least in 1996, starts at the acceptance part. Well, yeah. Acceptance brings Roy to the table. At least they that's said true. acceptance and not tolerance. Right. That's, that's, like, that's true. Right. You I know, will that's the word that that. Like, yeah. you know, it, me. It, 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 it will take time for some of these people. And like, you know, now if what if Roy was if, if Roy was still alive, rest in peace, Roy Biggins, he'd be in 70s, 80s, right? Yeah. Like, think about... You know, think about the world we live in of 70s and 80-year-olds and the problems they have. My mom is 72. Your mom is such a – you cannot use your mom as an example. Your mom is one of the sweetest uh, people. Like, she just loves everybody uh, to a detriment. She trusts and loves everyone. Um, But Roy Biggins, a man who owns an airline, who has a lot of money, an 80-year-old who owns airlines in in current (laughs) day are not going to be (laughs) – what? What happened? Nothing. What did I do? <laughs> no, continue. It wasn't oh. you. It was me. Um, but like you know, I, I I think getting Roy to accept is is the point of this episode to get him to the table, and I think that's where sort of pop culture was sadly yeah. at this point. I I will agree with that because now as as we're having this conversation and I'm looking back on my life and I remember when I first started actively doing hair. I was my son's age. I was like 16 or doing nails. I worked in a different salon, not my mom's salon. And my mentor at the time, he and his partner went to the first, um, I think it was DC that first legalized marriage. And it was in the late nineties. And it was like, it wasn't recognized everywhere in the United States. It was only there. And they did a, mass wedding Mm -hmm. outside and my mentor and his partner went to that 
Um, so they weren't like legally married, but it was the beginning. And that was like 1997 or eight. So I'm like, yes, this is exactly where the world was in, or the United States in 96. It's just, you know, crazy, um, to sort of think about that, the state of the world and, and sort of where we are, um, now and how a lot of this is still an issue. A lot like of a lot of it yeah. is, isn't very changed at all. It's really um, kind of crazy. It feels a little like we're going back. Well, as we're right. as we're living right. in a time where these but, things are trying to be undone, right. and we've only made these right. strides yeah. since it, it is actually wild to me thinking about how little time it has passed since we've even made these strides. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And that, like, my son is existing in a world where he thinks it's strange that these are even conversations that are being right. had. Right. It, right. It, it's such an interesting thing, too, because so Michelle and I don't have kids. Uh, I think if you've listened to this podcast for more than one episode, you'd understand that. But um, parents, I, I, I find a lot, a lot of, like, the people that I find that are not welcoming, not accepting – um, of of their their children, you know, trans, gay, whatever you happen to be, um, they're really overly concerned with the genitalia and sex lives of their children. Yeah, that's just so weird. To <laughs> and me. like, isn't like just teaching? No matter what the you know whatever the situation is, isn't just like uh, be safe and be and be smart. Like, isn't that all you really need to pass on to your kids about? Like be their safe, relationships, be smart, right? Be kind, right? Try to lead with love. Like no matter no matter what part, that's beautiful. Tatum. No matter what part you have, you know, or your part part your partner has, whatever it happens to be. Like if you're being safe, that's it. Doesn't like the it doesn't change beyond that. Like I don't no. I don't see the concern being like oh well it's a yeah that's a different you're using a different part than I want you to use and I don't understand. It's like what are you talking about? It's like super what does weird. that have to do with anything? Just be safe and be yeah. kind. And be smart about everything. Yeah. I just, I, I, I just, you know, I, from personal experience with friends, I'm just like baffled. Like, why are you that concerned about that single aspect? It's very well, weird. But even if we go back just even a little bit further than this or a little bit further than that, right. like it's very small strides. But what it always comes down to is parenting in a way that you just are trying to control your child's future no right. matter right what it right. is right. and, you, and right. that's what it really boils down right. to it, um and also just letting insane things indoctrinate your beliefs right. yeah. yeah like you can't if you really just lived the same way that you did when you were eight years old and we're friends with everybody and, right. like, whatever. Like, you couldn't possibly hold these beliefs. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. Where you hate people because of yeah. any whatever. Right. Again, I, I don't have... I feel like we should sing We Are the World. I don't, <laughs> you know, we don't have kids, but, like, if I had a kid, like, I would just be like, you're not an asshole? Cool, I did it. <laughs> we won. Yeah. Like, right. right? Like, that's... Good job. You turned out great. You know? Yeah. Like, I just, I don't know. It's just, it's such a you, weird like, thing. You have a job. People. Right. You haven't murdered anyone. Right. Yeah. Right, you haven't even come close to murdering You're anymore. nice to other people. Right. So it's my – you won. <laughs> yeah, like you're doing great. Right. Like it's- my joke to him has <laughs> always been 
this is a joke. This, my joke has always been you can you can date, marry, whatever, whoever you want to. I don't care sex. I don't care race. I don't care their religious beliefs, if they have any or whatever. My only stipulation is I would prefer if they are an orphan and really would love a mother <laughs> because I don't want to split holidays. <laughs> yeah. It's a small dating you know, pool. It's a lot easier to find people without loving parents than you think. Yeah, it's true. Sadly. Yeah. <laughs> you know we like to take in strays. We do. Yeah. 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 Well, someday that maybe you'll meet a nice stray and <laughs> marry them. But. Oh my gosh! But, or not. Uh, a very interesting episode of of Wings. Like they they really did go so, in place, and I think it had some good jokes in it too. And it goes to a really beautiful place. Oh, it does here. right. It does. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. We can wrap it up. Um, <laughs> so then, Roy gets to the airport as Luke and um, RJ RJ are leaving. And he's like, oh, uh, uh, no, I'm going to – these tickets don't need to be paid for and whatever. And he's telling him he can stay. And RJ's like, you just really aren't getting it, Dad. You're not, you're not getting it. And he picks up the microphone and it's like, my son is gay and goes into this whole big thing um, – yeah, he says like yeah. he's gay. His that's his boyfriend. His boyfriend's also gay. I hear he's really talented. Um, yeah, and, and he's, I so he's like trying. Yeah, right. He's, and my favorite line is he says, "I love him." Well, not the boyfriend. I just met yeah, him. Just yeah. met him. Yeah. <laughs> right, and so we do sort of see Roy's change of heart, and you know he get he gains that that pride in in his son. He's proud of his son. Um, for everything. Yeah. And it's a nice heartwarming moment until the next episode where I'm sure Roy goes back to being a dirtbag. And- I'm oh, sure. I'll never hear about RJ ever again. Right. They've had their closure moment. That's true. He's gone forever That's from the true. show. Right. True. Um, uh, oh, we did forget about the cab ride to the airport. Right. Oh, right. Yes. RJ's in the car. Brian's driving and he opens up to Brian. But, but Antonio keeps like side-eyeing it. Yeah, and like making sure Brian is following the ridiculous protocols and then Brian gets not talking about anything. He's only allowed to say, "Uh Mm uh-huh, sounds good. Right, which then gets Luke to yell at Brian, which then leads to the wonderful B-plot, or B-plot, the the after-credits thing, where Brian is driving the cab and talking about politics and sports and everything. And religion. And religion. religion. Everything. And because Antonio is hogtied in the back of the car. (laughs) With duct tape over his mouth. Right. Weird to separate Brian from the from everything for an episode like this, but I think just because they were there's not enough room in the kids. In the kids, like, thing, I think it just yeah. would have been. They had many. to redo that one section of the club car. Yeah, right. So. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, they had to put drywall up over the outside of the or the inside of the club car. So, yeah, that's true. Um, this is where their whole budget for this season. Everything. Went. Yeah, they, this, yeah, that's true. This, we didn't uh, talk about this. This is the second location we haven't seen. Oh before. yeah, this is another this location. Is another location I feel seen. like they've done a couple of those budget. though because they did that yeah. wax museum. Budget was too. oh, that's true. wild this year. That is true. Um. All right. Is that is has everybody had their fill? I'm satisfied. Okay. Um. The episode. This title is Sons and Lovers, which is uh, oh, lo- lovers really bums me out unless it's in between. Uh, meat and pizza, so it's a good Liz Lemon <laughs> Thirty Rock joke right there. <laughs> but, 
Um, and that is how I feel about yes. the word lovers. <laughs> so, sons and lovers, how do we want to rate this episode? I'll start. Okay. Um, okay. I'm glad that we really talked this out. It wasn't – looking at it with a 1996 lens, it was not as problematic as it is with a 2023 lens. I. It's the most they've ever tried at anything. It is – Yeah. There was a lot of effort put in yes. here. There were a lot of really funny moments. Casey said a lot of little funny things. Faye said a lot of little funny things um, to alleviate the what I would imagine would be very heavy feeling episode in 1996. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to give this episode a 3.75. Okay. Wow. I, I actually – I liked it um, thinking about it from – that lens. Okay. Yeah. I like it. I agree. I mean, there were actually a lot of really funny jokes in this. We yes. laughed a lot of times. Um, Roy was funny. Like, all talking about the party was funny. Mm-hmm. Stuff at the party was funny. And then I think, like, the moment at the airport at the end where they, like, have kind of give Roy and RJ some closure. And Roy, you know, I like I said that line where he says, I love him. Well, not the boyfriend I just met him and which kind of show, but I, and he said, but I hear he's really talented. And so like, it even shows that Roy is like planning on maybe getting to know him and like mm-hmm. wants to have that relationship. So I thought that was like a really nice touching moment with a lot of jokes strewn in. I'm going to match Tatum's 3.75. I actually think this was a really mm-hmm. good episode. Oh, uh, well, I'm going to make the math easy. I'm going to go 3.75 <sighs> as well. Um, the concept of Roy being the kind of human that will only celebrate his birthday on leap years because that was the day he was born and pretending like he's 12 is pretty brilliant. That's brilliant. Um, that was hilarious. In in more capable hands, it would have been uh, handled better, I think, and a little funnier. But it's a very funny concept and it's a it's a it, and it works for Roy. It does so, work for 3.75. Roy. Three point seven five. Awesome. All right, what well, Blair's death? Blair's original death original. sauce with Chipotle. Oh, there's Chipotle in there. That makes sense. (laughs) Uh, Suggested uses. Death wings, clams, oysters, crawfish, chili, Bloody Marys, jambalaya, or anything you desire. Uh, In a Bloody Mary, (laughs) uh, that sounds wonderful. Yeah, this would be so good in a Bloody Mary. Yeah, I agree. Um, I also get the seafood recommendations mm-hmm. with it. I would definitely like eat this with my oysters mm-hmm. instead of a Tabasco. Um, it was a lot hotter than I expected it to mm-hmm. be, um, but not crazy hot. And I like the flavor. Uh, I'm going to go with a 3.5. All right. Michelle? I'm going to give this a 3.75 because I felt like it was a nice twist on like sort of a classic. Um, Like it had a little bit of that like flavor that like one of the normal cayenne sauces would have. But it had like a little bit of smokiness from the Chipotle, but not too much. And it was like a little bit salty, but not too much. And so like I thought that they balanced it really well. And even the heat, like it was really hot, but at the same time it didn't. Like, I was okay not having milk. Mm-hmm. So, I really liked it. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to match Michelle's 3.75. Uh, I think it was a little too salty. Yeah. A little bit okay. too much salt on here. If, it, if the saltiness was, was rained back a little bit, I think this becomes one of the better sort of utility, all-purpose wing sauces we have. 
Uh, but I liked it a lot. I think it's very good. The heat, uh, the heat didn't didn't linger too long, uh, but it was a good level of heat. And uh, yeah, I, this is a this is a pretty highly recommended sauce. I like this one. It's nothing special. It doesn't really like stand out. It doesn't have you know. It's not like some of these with like mangoes and shit in it. Um, it's very much just like a straight ahead hot sauce. Uh, but it's you know it doesn't just taste like peppers either. I liked it. Yeah. Three point seven five. Gavin, do you want to score anything before we move on? <laughs> so I'm taking it we're going out of five because I thought it was yes. like ten and I yeah. thought you guys were getting a really low of <laughs> lost for a second. Five, yes. Um, Wait, the sauce? Yeah. Sauce or episode. Sauce? Yeah. Or yeah. wings as a whole. <laughs> or wings, yeah. Like, which one? Or just everything? Both. Whatever you yeah. want. <laughs> I don't know, like a three? Okay. <laughs> Everything gets a three. I ever watched the show, so okay. kind of lost. That was generous, I that's think. That's very generous. Yeah. Way more generous yeah. than we are with this shithole of a show. Um, <laughs> all right. All right. We'll, we'll, I'll put that, we'll put a little asterisk next to that. We can have it on the listing. Uh, threes across the board. Uh, that's it. Uh, you know, heavier episode, I think, than we're used to, but that's what happens when Brett and Doug aren't here. It's true. Those, those, are, the goof, <laughs> those are the goofy ones. Um, yeah. All right. We'll be back next week. Michelle, do the plugs, and we'll get out of here. All right. Check us out at underscore Wings on Wings on Twitter and Instagram, uh, Wings on Wings podcast at gmail.com and Wings on Wings dot podbean dot com. Uh, you can also find us on the soon to be named network at STBN network on Twitter, soon to be named network dot com, soon to be named network dot com, uh, where you'll find lots of other good podcasts like We Need Wrestling, Brett and me. DJ's it's other me. podcasts. I'm on uh, at odds with wrestling, 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 wrestling. Uh, that's, that's good <laughs> enough, I guess. All right, that's it. That's it. Somebody's got to say something stupid because Doug's not here. Eat a wing, enjoy a wing, and love your fucking kids so they don't turn out to be assholes. Yeah. Listening to the soon to be named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Network.